0: to Deeply Rooted
1: Online, where women encourage women by sharing scripture and stories of God at work. Hello ladies, it's great to have you back with us again. And in this season of Christmas, which is honestly my favorite time of the year, sometimes I think we lose sight of the person, the one that it's all about. It's so easy, isn't it? And Martha is going to bring us a word on just how we can bring that focus back to the one that is so important to us, the Lord Jesus.
2: Thank you so much, Val. Last week, we talked about calm and the chaos of Christmas, and it can be so chaotic. And I got thinking, I wanted to reflect a little for myself on just what Christmas meant for Jesus and to think about him. So I'm calling this Oh, come, let us adore him. I'd like us just to take a minute to look at what it meant to Jesus um, that he came at Christmas as a baby. And to start that thought off, I was thinking, you know, Jesus was God. In John chapter one, verse one, it says, in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus. And the word was with God. So Jesus was with God. And the word was God. So Jesus is and was God. Uh, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And when you think about that, Jesus as the creator God, all powerful, making the Garden of Eden, making our entire universe. Here is a very powerful person. And that's who Jesus is. And that's who he was before he came as a baby in Bethlehem. So I just was thinking about that. And then I thought about a verse, um, how, how Jesus kind of runs things. And Val, I'm wondering if you could read Colossians 1, 16 to 17. Yes, and I'm reading from
1: the uh, Amplified Version. For it was in him that all things were created in heaven and on earth, Things seen and things unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created and exist through him by his service, intervention and in and for him. And he himself existed before all things and in him all things consist, therefore, or are kahir sorry, and are held together.
2: And I love that. He's holding together right now all things. But he also was doing that before that moment in Bethlehem and that moment when the Holy Spirit came on Mary and conceived a child. So if we can just imagine what life was like for for God in the form of Jesus Christ as he was before he came to earth. He was a spiritual being. We know in Revelation, there's no pain in heaven, no tears. There's perfect unity and love with the Father and the Spirit and Jesus. And there's always joy in heaven. And what a great place it sounds like. It's going to be so awesome that the scriptures can hardly speak of heaven in a way we can understand. It's all metaphor because it's so amazing. So if we come at this and think about Jesus' experience before he became the God-man, when he was with the Father in the heavenly realms, you might say, um, let's just reflect a little bit on that and how great he is, but also was and what his position was in the Trinity. I was just thinking that he
0: was busy he was always working alongside Father God and the Holy Spirit. So before he even came to this earth and took on a human body, he was involved in our world. He was busy and he was working, making uh, the, the mankind, making the universe, and overseeing it. So for him to come to our world and be a human required such humility for him to just put aside all of that control and ability and power that he had to become
1: a baby. It's just pretty amazing. It is. And and Esther, sometimes I, I, I know myself, I can't wrap my head around the fact that he's God and he is the creator. And I know that in my times of, of trouble, and I feel alone, I would used to go outside, sit down and look up at the stars to remind myself, oh, yes, that God, that who, you know, who made those amazing stars and named them, named them. Each star is named, he says. That's the God who has me. And just the thought of his greatness and and like you said, Esther, for him to to leave that in a sense and live as a man in a body of a human that that it blows my mind that he would do that
2: it just blows my mind mm-hmm. it is amazing and let's adore him for who he is as creator god but then at christmas we think about the moment where he stepped into our time he stepped into our experience um i just like to read from colossians 2 verse Nine, it says, for in him, and that's Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And they're talking about Jesus as a human being, as well as God. We call him the God-man. And it says, in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So we're going to just take a look and adore him for what it meant to him to become a human being, because that's what happened at Christmas. So now I'm gonna ask Esther if she would read Philippians 2, 6 to 11. Sure, Martha.
0: So I'm reading from the easy to read version, and it says, he was like God in every way, but he did not think that his being equal with God was something to use for his own benefit. Instead, he gave up everything, Even his place with God, he accepted the role of a servant appearing in human form during his life as a man. He humbled himself by being fully obedient to God, even when that caused his death, death on a cross. So God raised him up to the most important place and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. God did this so that every person will bow down to honor the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow, and they will confess Jesus Christ is Lord, and this will bring glory to God the Father.
2: And that's part of what we want to do as we adore Jesus at Christmas time and all the year. We want to praise his name and glorify him as the Lord. When we look at what you just read there, Esther, Jesus was willing to set aside some aspects of his Godness. The fact that he uh, entered into our human experience and, in a measure, became dependent on his mother. He experienced hunger, he experienced time, he experienced pain, which comes to every human being. He experienced all the full human experience. And I'd just like to read from Hebrews um, 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And I'm sure in heaven when Jesus, before he became the God-man, I doubt there were many temptations there. He wouldn't have experienced pain or hunger or longing in that way that we sometimes do. You know, we know he felt hunger in the desert. And you think, as a baby, what would his experience be where he was so dependent on his mother and father? So he did set aside part of what it meant to be God to come and join us in our human experience. And for that, I think we can really adore him. It's called a mystery that 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 God
1: was man, but fully God. Fully man, fully God. It's just so hard to think uh of what that meant to the Lord Jesus. But what it means to me is that he would be so willing to take on things that would be human, our hardships, like you mentioned as uh, Martha, you know, the 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 um, when he fasted in the wilderness, uh, just growing up, all those growing pain things that would happen. He took that on for me. That's amazing. He could have just appeared. And sometimes we do find he does just appear. He appeared in the midst of people. He appeared to the disciples at the end, just appeared. He could have appeared anywhere and not done the hard, long, tired walks where they walked everywhere. But he chose to walk with his disciples just like he chooses to walk with us. And he experienced every hardship So that he can actually, we can actually be there uh, and and understand that he was there for us. He Mm -hmm. is truly our sucker. He is truly our savior. He is truly the one who understands. Uh, Again, blows my mind. It's so amazing. It makes me kind of choked up thinking about it, that he would Mm -hmm. do that for me. Mm -hmm. In the same vein
0: of thought, Val, I was thinking about the fact that he experienced heartbreak. He experienced mm. what it was like to lose a friend to death. We read that he stood at the grave of Lazarus, his friend, and he wept. So he, he understands grief. And he also understands betrayal. He was betrayed by one of his closest friends, Judas. And he, he also had such compassion for the people who were mistreating him remember on the cross he said father forgive them and so when i think of this god man jesus i am so comforted to know that he's my savior because he gets it he understands all those things that we go through the pain of loss the pain of betrayal the pain of um Heartbreak, and he has compassion for us because he's been there. And so that is a great comfort to me. And it's a great reminder at Christmas time that he came to be that kind of a savior for us.
1: Amen. Amen. Martha, do you have some closing thoughts for us as we just keep our thoughts centered on our Lord?
2: Let us adore him as we see God's great love reflected in that baby laid in that manger in Bethlehem. Mm. Wise words, Martha. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that to us.
1: Thank you for focusing our thoughts on what Christmas is really all about. And ladies, in this busy season, take that time. Let's come. Let's adore our Lord
0: joining us at Deeply Rooted today. If God has been speaking to you and you want to connect with someone for prayer, email us at deeplyrooted@myharvestchurch.ca. at Be sure to subscribe to this channel to receive notifications when new content is released. And finally, let's stay connected with one another and deeply rooted in Christ.